0: I have the audio on the computer going. Oh, my
1: God. Can I swear? Yeah. Oh, amazing. FCC can't touch me now. I'm excited. Yeah,
0: you could f- fuck it up all you want. You know, <laughs> love it. Let's do it. I think I will. Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of the people who listened to that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it. And thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. This is normally the part where I cheers, but we are without beverage right now. So oh. we'll just, uh, yeah. You want to plug the stickers for me right oh, now? Oh,
1: These are amazing. Uh, start the beat with Sykes, Pittsburgh, PA, beer and soda in the fridge since 2014. Yes. Amazing. Facts.
0: Facts. And I'm sitting here today with my friend, Katie O, What's before up? we get into that. If you are a friend of KDO, a fan of KDO or a friend or fan of me, and like this seems like a cool thing that's happening right now, you could share it with your friends on the internet and let them know about it. Put a little bit more positivity in the world. Share these things, you know, uh, you know, it's a little bit more cool than the, you know, whatever stupid blog article you're sharing or anything (laughs) like that, (laughs) you know, share this. That would be neat. We would appreciate it. So as I mentioned today, I'm sitting here today with my friend KDO who is. A radio person. Yeah. And you told me this is your first interview.
1: This is my I've hosted and conducted so many. I can't even count how many interviews, but this is my first time being in the hot seat.
0: The world. (laughs) thanks you for being here. I appreciate you being here. Me and Evan from Greywalker were on your podcast seen unheard sometime last year. Right. Thank you for having us.
1: Thanks for coming.
0: And yeah. So I guess with. All this stuff being said, I mean, you, you work at a couple different radio stations. You have mm-hmm. a podcast. We're mm-hmm. on a podcast now. Let's mm-hmm. start there. Perfect. So, Scene Unheard podcast. Yes. It's kind of a lot like my podcast. You talk with local musicians, artists in the, right. the Pittsburgh scene that are unheard.
1: Right. So, <sighs> I was nervous when I first... So, I didn't actually come up with the name. Um, I, I think you might know Dave Walker. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Dave Walker. So, I... Um, I recorded my first few episodes before I had a name and I was sitting in Dave's office and he made the logo for me. And I was just, you know, in the middle of like a Tuesday when he has so much work to do. I was like, Dave, stop what you're doing. Please help me. And obviously he's amazing. So he did. So he came up with the logo for me and then he helped me with the name. I was like, Dave, I'm on episode three and I don't have a name for this podcast. Like, I don't know what to do. And he helped me come up with Seen Unheard. I was nervous at first that artists were going to be like, yeah, people have heard of us. Like what the hell? That's <laughs> like not the point, <laughs> yeah. but everyone who's been on has been with it. And you know, it's um, yeah, it's been a year and a half so far. Yeah. All musicians from Pittsburgh or who started out in Pittsburgh. I've had a few that are in Philly now, or um, I think Philly is the only outside city that I've had on the podcast, cool. but yeah, all genres, all inclusive. I don't say no to anyone. So
0: so with, you know, we mentioned that you are on a couple radio stations yeah. and you do that stuff too. Mm-hmm. So the podcast is completely frivolous. There's no reason for you to do it other than you wanting to do it.
1: Yeah, I don't get paid for it.
0: Which is pretty cool. Thanks. I don't get paid for this either. Right. There's no money. Cheers, in, there's yeah. no money in radio. <laughs> Shout outs to that.
1: No. No. <laughs> can confirm there is no money in radio.
0: So how long have you been doing the radio thing?
1: So I started in 2016. I started in promotions. I had no on-air experience. None. Um, I didn't even want to do it. Like, I was there for, <laughs> I think, the first three days. And I was like, Mom, I hate this. I'm done. Um, how did you end up there? So... I always knew that I wanted to. I always knew that I wanted to work in entertainment. I really did. Okay. Um, if I could do music, that would be ideal. But your I just,
0: your sweater very much. I want to work in entertainment right now.
1: Notice me. <laughs> 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 no, it. I. Uh, yeah, I started. Uh, I just assumed that I would never be involved in the industry because I didn't know anyone. Mm-hmm. So I was like, eh, it's just like you know, everybody has a dream that's never going to happen, right? So that'll be mine. Um, and then I was the entertainment editor at my college newspaper. And from there, I got an internship with Sony Pictures. And I was a promotional intern with them through a company called The Owens Group. And I just did a lot of on-site promotions to promote whatever Sony Pictures film was you know, coming to the big screen. And I would promote on college campuses. So I'd come up with all these different campaigns. And then I'd report back to LA. And it was sort of like an intern contest that they did nationwide. Uh, from there, uh, I discovered that it is actually not easy to get a full-time job in entertainment as an entry-level you know, individual. Mm-hmm. Didn't know. Found out. So the first thing I got was a part-time promotions job at iHeartMedia in my hometown. Uh, so I moved back home, moved in with mom. After I graduated and I did promotions and I hated it at first. I absolutely hated it. It's a lot of grunt work. It is not. It's putting up tents. It's standing outside in 95 degree heat. It's neither. It's never oh, comfortable. Sure. It's either very, very hot or it's below zero.
0: Yeah. And you have to like talk to people that do not give a shit.
1: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> they don't give up. They don't give a damn. And I forget. I that you wanted want, want to do it. Yeah, I forget that I to do it.
0: I was going to say, will next time. you know, we're, we're, I don't know how long we are into this. We're what, five minutes into this and you haven't said one swear word yet. It'll happen. Okay.
1: It'll Let's, once I get talking, it'll happen. Let it
0: happen naturally for sure.
1: Um. Yeah. I, um. I hated it and <laughs> I just, I, I resisted it and everybody was like, yeah, I think you're going to find out that, you know, we all work a lot. So we're all really close. We're all like one big family. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to know any of you. I don't care. I don't know. Um,
0: how how L.A. of you.
1: Right? <laughs> just the least amount of attachment possible. Uh-huh. So then I stick around. That's actually what
0: L.A. stands for. <laughs> Le-
1: least amount of attachment? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Less attachment. Uh-huh. So um, I'm sticking around because it's hard to find a job. And um, I ended up getting my own place. I'm just freelancing and doing this part-time radio thing. And then I get put on this meet and greet last minute. It was a random Sunday. My boss texted me and he was like, hey, John Bellion meet and greet us tonight. So-and-so can't do it. Can you just cover it? I was like, yeah, that's fine. So um, I met my first label rep and we got to talking and everything was fine and I'm fascinated by what she was telling me. And it sounds a lot like what I had always dreamt of and fantasized about when I was younger, wishing to work in the music industry. And she was describing a job that I'd always dreamt about. I was like, that's amazing. How did you get started? And she was like, radio promotions. She was like, that's my husband. He's the concert photographer. And we met in radio promotions. And I was like, oh, interesting. (laughs) So this is worth something. (laughs) And a flip just switched. And I walked into my boss's office the next day and was like, I want to consider working at a label. I want to be on every meet and greet. And they put me on every meet and greet. And I met so many wonderful people that gave me a lot of really great advice. And from that point forward, I began to really like it. And I leaned into the whole radio thing. I said yes to everything I did. ESPN broadcast engineering. I learned how to do some light board oping. I'm going to say it's like, it's like intermediate knowledge. I wouldn't say I'm like (laughs) an expert. Um, And then one day it was um, 2017. The program director for big one Oh four seven pulled me into his office. He was like, you want to be on air? I was like, mm. "Me?" Really? He was like, "Yeah, um, you know, they were looking to have more female, more women on Kiss on 96.1." He was like, "But there's no availability on Kiss, so, you know, you're going to start overnight tracking on Big 1047." Of, you know, that's the country station. I don't know anything about country. I've never touched a microphone aside from like musical theater and things like that. And I was like, Oh yeah. Like it just kind of fell you, kind of the right place at the right done, time. Yeah.
0: That's a, that's a fake it till you make it 100%. situation. Yeah.
1: And I have been on the air ever since. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I started out. Uh, I got
0: one so where I know you said you started doing the radio promotions 2016. Yeah. So how long did it take you to get on air? Like how long did you have to deal with the grunt work?
1: It's not, the best example because a year okay that's fine it's not that that's not
0: that long no no
1: it's not that long which i think is not a great but, uh, testament to how much work does go into it
0: but, but also i, th- I was going to say the amount of work that you probably put in once you had an and more of an end goal yeah like you started leaning into more things that you said so you're probably putting in a lot more work than maybe somebody that is you know, pessimistic about it would have.
1: I lived there.
0: So you probably, you, you know, a year you may have done, you know, three years worth of work in that one year that you were there, maybe more.
1: I would like to think so. I mean, I genuinely lived there and, um, I was telling somebody else this story pretty recently. So I have, um, I have anxiety and I was living alone when I first got, uh, this opportunity to be on the air and whenever I would get really anxious or just you know really in my own head, I would just go to work. And it <laughs> that sounds <like> there's, me. <laughs> that's a separate issue. That's a separate <laughs> issue. But um, I would just listen to my breaks, and I it's it sounds a little bonkers, but I am convinced that that is how I got to where I am now, and how my path was so accelerated because I was just there all the time listening to what I sounded like and what other people sounded like and comparing and redoing, you know, practicing breaks over and over and over until it was what I was comfortable sounding like.
0: Okay. So what exactly are breaks?
1: A break is what you, is the on-air personality talking. That's what you hear. So, uh, uh,
0: so a break from the music.
1: Yes. So, uh, we like to keep it in between the posts which is in between lyrics. So you're not supposed to talk over lyrics. So at the end of the post on the song that you're back selling, talking out of. So much term. You budget. want it eh, it's not that hard. You,
0: <laughs> I get an idea of what you're saying. It's just Yeah.
1: You uh it's just
0: fun how casual it is, especially since you were like, I didn't give a shit about this. And I now didn't. and now I you're really... all like the posts and the brakes <laughs> and the blah, 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 and the b board or whatever, the B button, whatever you call it's it. It's
1: called a B bar. Uh, <laughs> like B-bar. what do you want me to say?
0: <laughs> no, you're right. You're completely right. It's just funny because you're so in it now and yeah. like loving it. Oh it's I'm awesome.
1: It. Yeah, thank you. I think much. that
0: if you're gonna do something, do it. Fucking just do it like do it. all the way. Fuck don't, it. Don't half-ass it. Do it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And um, I'm very fortunate to have been surrounded by, and I still am surrounded by a lot of really kick-ass people in that building that pushed me and gave me some really great advice, even when I didn't ask for it. And they were really in my corner. Randy Slack, who used to be on The X, and he was the DVE Morning Show producer for, I think, like five years, is the one who really motivated me to do the podcast he gave me the oh, kick cool. in the pants that I needed. And I was like, dude, I don't know any local bands. I just sit in the back of the theater and watch. I never talked to them. Mm-hmm. He was like, I'll give you a couple names. Talk to Randy Bauman. He'll help you out. And then just, it'll go from there. And it it did. Yeah.
0: That's a good reason and a good way to start getting more involved in the local music scene. And I think that it's really cool that you are doing the podcast. Cause I know that as much as maybe some local radio stations want to help, there's only, there's only so much that they can do.
1: Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you.
0: It's, it's not, it's not in your control or really anyone's control no. because as we mentioned before, there's not a whole lot of money in radio. So in order to, you know, keep the waves traveling through, you kind of have to play by the rules of, yeah. you know, the, 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 the puppet string master people that are up at the top.
1: I mean, I work in commercial radio. We don't have as much flexibility as a nonprofit radio station would have. Um, so, you know, stations like DVE and The X, we do as much as we can uh, for local music, whether it be DVE, Coffee House, um, whether it be putting local bands in rotation, The X, does Studio X takeovers Edge of the X local listen hometown for the holidays. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot. It is a lot, but it's there's only so much that we can do in a station like big 104.7 which is iHeart Country, we don't have a lot of say over, you know, adding local bands into rotation. That's kind of it's way above my pay grade, you know yeah. what I mean? So when when musicians come to me, I'm more than happy to listen to their work and to give them feedback, but in terms of putting them on the air, it it really breaks my heart to be like, I'm so sorry. There's my hands are kind of tied.
0: Totally. Yeah. But you took, you know, this extra step and started this podcast and that's something that's more than nothing.
1: It is. Yeah. I don't know if you feel this way, but sometimes I feel like I'm shouting into the void with the podcast and it, it can, yeah, it can be hard because there's, you see how much talent there is, but it's hard to convince people that aren't regularly, actively listening to local music. Like, yeah, you should really listen. Local is not a derogatory term. Mm-hmm. It doesn't.
0: It's so funny that nobody cares until everyone cares. I know. And the other thing that's really funny is with local arts, it's a bit derogatory. Yeah. But you think of local restaurants and everybody's like, yes, I love eating local. Let's go to cool local places. It's I like, love why shopping don't,
1: local. Yeah. Do why, you? Don't,
0: why don't you have that same mentality when it comes to the entertainment industry?
1: Right. I don't know I'm trying to
0: so you complain about Olive Garden but you listen to the Olive Garden of rock and roll pretty much wait
1: tell me who you think the Olive Garden of rock and roll is
0: the Olive Garden of rock and roll right now I don't know 21 Pilots okay fair. because
1: okay, okay. I, can't, I, I can't really comment on that I, I will fair. say this
0: 20 there's nothing really excessively Italian about 21 Pilots but it's a little cheap but it is good and I don't mind it that much <laughs>
1: And those breadsticks, I mean, I don't, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to leave Mike because we play 21 Pilots. I'm gonna no,
0: leave I don't, I, I think 21 Pilots are, a, a actually, I think 21 Pilots are a phenomenal band in a really unphenomenally boring time. Yeah. Because like they pretty much just play into like the, you know, the stereotypes of modern rock and it does well for them. It does more than well for them. They sell out arenas every Regularly, time like, yeah. all the time like they they're doing good yeah but it's just for me personally and my not trying to be grumpy old head mentality it's just like i've seen them play stuff online where they have like a full band and it's not like all the computer stuff and yeah. it sounds awesome they're good songs it's just yeah. i don't care for the modern production
1: that's fair they're really high energy i will that's yeah it's a show for sure
0: yeah and like much like olive garden those breadsticks very high <laughs> energy when the uh, you know someone's at, they get the salad and they tell you to say one to stop with the cheese. Right. I never, <laughs> I never tell them to
1: stop. No, never,
0: Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. never. <laughs> so yes. What were we talking about?
1: Um. Local.
0: Oh, local music. Yeah. Oh, and how people listen to the, the olive garden of rock. That's right. where we got sidetracked. Right. But yeah, yeah getting don't... people to like local music or just pay attention to it. It's hard.
1: I know. And I mean, in Pittsburgh, there is so much, uh in every genre I talk about this all the time on my podcast and it's a big part of the reason it's a big reason why I started the podcast is because I was like holy shit there are so I mean look at Deutschtown yeah that doesn't even I mean that's an amazing resource doesn't even come close to covering all of the artists that we have in Pittsburgh it's a relatively small market and there's that much going on that's insane that's fucking crazy.
0: Well, I think one part of the reason why it's so small is because there is so much going on. So at any given time, like everybody has a show yeah. and nobody can go to anybody else's show because they also have a show yes, on the same fucking day.
1: Yes, that, that happened. I, I mean, it happened last weekend. I think there were like three local shows happening within like five miles of one another, all of which I wanted to go to. And it's just like, how do you, how do you pick, how do you mm-hmm. pick and choose? But it's
0: really, really hard. And yeah. the other thing that I think, and I've talked about this before, so I find myself apologizing a lot for repeating conversations, but this is between me and yeah. you. If you're out there watching, just deal with it. Sorry, But I think a huge thing where a difference between we'll say like an awesome local restaurant and mm-hmm. an awesome local band is presentation. So a lot of these local restaurants look great. They feel great. Like the environment is right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of local venues, the environment isn't quite right. Mm-hmm. Like you get somebody that's maybe used to going to like a 21 pilot show, like a big arena show or a show at Mr. Smalls. Yeah. And then you take them to Roboto And they're going to be like, this just looks cheap. It feels cheap. It's not the same. Nothing against that like DIY crowd or like even a place like the moose. It's just like, this isn't what I'm expecting. When I go to concerts, I go to big things and it's like this little thing. Mm. So it makes like the whole environment makes it feel cheap or makes it feel like I don't like this isn't something to like be a part of because they think of live music as this big spectacle because every time they go to a show, it's stage A E or something like that.
1: Right. That's a bit of a, mm. Yeah, I don't know what to call that kind of a mentality. I think that's an inexperienced mentality. It's a little narrow-minded, um, and I don't want to judge people that don't actively seek out local music or local venues. But I encourage them to because it's it you know it. There's so much going on in your own yeah. city, and there are people that could be from the same borough that you're from that are putting out music that you would want to listen to on a daily basis and so why wouldn't you want to do that
0: it happens a lot with gray walker if we're in a situation and we're opening up for a touring band at rex theater mm-hmm. or mr smalls where there's always at least one person but usually more than one person that will come up they might get a shirt or something or come yeah. say hi they're like where are you from and it's like we're from here mm-hmm. you know And they're like, what? It's like, yeah, we play shows all the time with a lot of other bands that you would probably like. Mm -hmm. Follow us online and keep an eye out for those flyers.
1: I I have tried to um, figure out what it is about local music that is sometimes less appealing To the masses, I suppose. Like why there's always this this fight to like, please listen to local music. I
0: I think it's the presentation because I think a lot of the venues just aren't up to par. Sometimes the sound engineers working aren't the best. So it like looks weird. It doesn't sound great. And regardless of the talent of the band, you put somebody in an environment that's maybe so used to like something being perfect all the time. Mm -hmm. Like they can't appreciate the imperfections. Mm -hmm. It, I think it resonates poorly with them. And that's just speaking to like a general person, someone that isn't already in a band or knows people in bands, just like the average person. Cause that's the biggest thing. Most Mm -hmm. of the time when we're playing shows locally, we're, 80% 80% of the crowds, probably people that are also in bands right. or work in music somehow. You see a lot you know? of the same people yeah. at local shows. So like they get 10. it, but the thing, the way to get it to grow is you need to get the people that aren't mm-hmm. like actively involved that are just genuine, genuine, genuine fans yeah. of music to come out. Right. And then like when you do get them to come out, you get them to come to Deutschtown, and like Deutschtown's sweet in theory, but there's a lot of fucked up shit where you have like, Oh, like, venues canceled the day before. So people were walking around, not knowing where they're going and you stuff, you know, 300 people into a room that only holds 100 people. And yeah. it's all like, I mean, it's fun, but it's also not the best representation of what the local music scenes like just like hurtling people around like cattle through the North side.
1: Right. But I mean,
0: shout outs to Deutschtown. but oh,
1: Ben Cody and Hugh worked their for, asses off for that. For,
0: yeah. uh, for the, for, I think for just genuine, genuine, I can't fucking talk <laughs> for people that don't, really understand it i don't think it's the best presentation that's going to get people to come back
1: so you think it has to do with the venue
0: i think it's vent. i think it's so so much venue and just how it is how it's presented yeah presentation whether that's like from venue to advertising marketing yeah, everything right. you know there's so much working against it i think it just comes off really really uh i don't want to use the word cheap but it just it just feels like that's yeah, what it is yeah That's sad. because if you think about local like local restaurants like mm-hmm. the places that do well or the places like you go and like they have that decors all fucking nice and the menu looks all good and their marketing's on point mason and jars they, everywhere and they have yeah and they have the sick reviews and the edison like bulbs and all yeah. that stuff you know they got that's all all the wood everything's just wood
1: a lot of br- exposed brick. yeah a lot of ex- so shout much. out shout outs to exposed
0: brick uh I think that all that stuff though, like it plays into the part of what like a hip trendy restaurant is supposed to be. Hmm. Whereas you get like a lot of local bands. Like if you're, (laughs) I've talked about this before too. Okay. So it's one thing if you are like an indie rock band, like you, it makes sense for you to maybe play a basement show or play at Roboto, like aesthetically that works. But let's say you want to be the next, uh, like three days grace Mm -hmm. or like a big rock band, like Mm -hmm. a band that needs a big stage to really pull off the thing. How do you start playing shows? You know, like a band that wants to be the next Nickelback can't start playing shows at places like not even like howlers, like it doesn't work. It's not big enough. Mm -hmm. How do those bands get their start? It always blows my mind when bands like that take off. Cause like how, where did you start? Maybe just there's different cities that maybe have venues to cater to like independent big rock bands mm-hmm. so that's the other thing too is like when you're talking about music and local music there's so many different genres and like i know i think venues play a big part of like the genre like mm-hmm. you know like certain styles of music don't work well in certain venues you know what i mean like you can't do an r&b show at goose i right. mean i don't know why anybody would want to do any shows there I but it's a, just not it doesn't
1: work there's a serious lack of of uh, spaces for the R&B, the hip hop, the rap artists in Pittsburgh. Um,
0: Yeah, I, go ahead. I was gonna say, and then like even then, and then people were weird that like are disconnected from things because you'll have a venue like spirit that's great for local music, Uh but it's in trendy hipster Lawrenceville. So I don't wanna go down to Lawrenceville and have to fight my way through the hipsters. And it's like, what are you talking about? Is that a thing? People Uh, don't
1: like Lawrenceville? No. People don't like it? Why?
0: Cause it's the new South side.
1: Is Are you saying by people, you mean you don't like Lawrenceville? No,
0: I don't have a problem with Lawrenceville.
1: Interesting. I didn't know that it was disliked. I didn't know that.
0: I love but it's, spirit. Like, it's There's just different circles of people. That's the thing. It's like no matter when you try to like, I guess the point that I'm trying to get at is that no matter what your mentality is, it's like other people have completely flipped ideas of things sure. that may not even make sense to you at all. So that's why it's so hard to like wrap our heads around like why isn't this working? Because everybody just has different takes on things. I know. Like I know like again, like Pittsburgh's really weird with neighborhoods. Like I know people that will not come see us if we're in Lawrenceville, because they don't like Lawrenceville. That's weird. It's like, I guess you don't like me that much.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, to some extent it might. Yeah, it might always kind of feel like what I was talking about earlier, like you're shouting into a void a little bit just because some people are just going to feel differently and it's going to be hard to change their minds. But I do think that it's getting better. And I think that attendance at local shows is getting higher and I, it's, amazing to watch
0: i agree i agree and uh, i don't mean to sound like complaining or anything like that Um, but i do i do think it's important to always like think about the problems and not get too comfortable and try to always find ways to get new people to show yes definitely the biggest thing with me is just like trying to make events curate events that are more than just people playing a show Mm -hmm. like give people a reason to be at the show especially with Greywalker and Sykes, like we have an older demographic, you know, it's all like mid twenties, thirties. Mm-hmm. And like those people are people that have jobs and family lives. And if they're coming out for a show, mm-hmm. it's like, you need to be able to like give them more than just like, Oh, these are bands playing. It's like, they they're going to, they probably want to go to a, like a, a restaurant and get food and they want to get some drinks and they want to have a night out as much as you would like to think they're coming out just to see you, like that's mm-hmm. not the case. Like they're, you're a part of a whole evening with mm-hmm. most normal adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thinking about that in terms of like being very like uh, aware of where you're booking shows, what time of the year it is, what places are around there mm-hmm. knowing like your fan base and like, are they going to want to come out to that show? Is there other things around that show that like, you know, you can help to promote the thing like, Oh, let's do a little like, you know, pre-show thing over at the bar down the street and come hang out with us and get some drinks. And then, you know, like like, just like little, I don't want to say it's like tricking people to come out, (laughs) but it's just like incentivizing people to come out. But like you need to like find ways to, that don't involve your music to get people to come out. Then you
1: keep them there with the music. Uh Yeah.
0: Yeah. The music has to be good. I guess that's another thing too, is that as much as I support local music and whether you're good or you're not, it's um, like there's a lot of stuff that I'll overlook. Like there's friends that I have that play in bands and I may not care for their music that much, but I think they're great people and I think they're hard workers. Yeah. That doesn't translate to people that don't know who you are. Like the average person right. is not going to give a shit, mm-hmm. you know, the like compassion's is not always yeah, there. Yeah. So that's another thing too, is that there's just like, there's a lot of bands. There's a lot of bands like going back to the town, but like how many people, regardless of talent, like, how many of those bands is the average person going to like? It's going to be different for everybody, right? But it's going to be a very small percentage, probably because you have five thousand bands playing, right?
1: At the end of the day, it's it's an incredibly subjective industry, and I think that the climate right now um, it definitely needs a little more work in terms of you know getting people to local shows. But I I do see an improvement, mm-hmm. um, and I think that we just need to continue doing things yeah. like this and, and
0: back to your point on like the, like the hip hop R and B and all that stuff. Like, yeah, the, the city sucks for that stuff right now.
1: Mm-hmm. I know
0: it's great. If you're in like an, a rock band,
1: if you're in a, if yeah. you're in a
0: rock band, you're good. If you're in a rock
1: band in Pittsburgh. You I, are set. The,
0: I mean like <laughs> not set. metal is like, okay. Right now. Um, the rap stuff is really weird. Um, I mean, there's venues you can play, but there's no community. Hmm. You know, I mean, like we can, you can book a show at Spirit. You could book a show at Cativo. You could book a show at the Moose. You could book a show at Brillo Box. But there's no like place where like that crowd consistently goes. Whereas, like you know, like you could play, like your indie rock band could play a random night at Spirit, and there's a good chance that a lot of the people in there are fans of that style of music, mm-hmm. and they'll they might stick around and watch you play.
1: Yeah, I'm still trying to to figure out, um, you know how, not that it can be solely on, you know, just a couple people to make the hip hop industry. I mean, it's already huge. There's so many hip hop artists in Pittsburgh and and there are incredibly internationally well-known hip hop artists that are from Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah. So I don't, yeah. I mean, the interesting thing with hip hop right now, from what I've seen is a lot of the people that are doing stuff, they're like, They're just like, they're straight up like entrepreneurs and they're doing like a lot of crazy stuff and they're curating really cool events. Yeah. But I think that the problem with it is a lot of the events are so curated that it seems very exclusive, even though it's not interesting by design. It feels almost like sometimes like, oh, this isn't for me because it's like at this like weird warehouse that I've never heard of. And it's a bunch of people I don't know. And if I was just a stranger that wasn't aware of this stuff, I would feel like I couldn't Like I just feel like like this isn't a place that I could just go, you know, it's not like a venue that I'm familiar with and it feels like like exclusive, like it looks really cool, but Mm -hmm. I also it like I worried that that sort of stuff may turn people off just because it's like Hmm. people want to be comfortable. It's like any time we play a show at a new venue, we have a hard time getting people there because people don't know what the fuck it is. Mm -hmm. So but there's nowhere for the rap shows right now. So you're getting a lot of that cool exclusive stuff. And I mean, people go to those shows. That's the thing. It doesn't matter. Like they, they all do well, but it's like a very small, it's like, they're very clicky. Like there's like those bubbles of people that, uh, they like build little communities, but it's like hard to get new people to come into it.
1: I think that that's a, I think that's a bit of a misconception about, about the Pittsburgh music community. I don't believe that there are clicks. I think I used to believe that. And the more I see, the less I believe that it's clicky. I think that that's, um,
0: I don't think it's like clicky in like a, you can't sit with us sort of way. Right. It's like, it's just clicky. And I've, I've blamed this mostly on promoters and venues. And I don't think it's intentional. It's just that if you're somebody that's organizing events, um, it could be really hard to find reliable people so you know you finally get like Mm -hmm. a handful of bands that are reliable so you start asking them to play all of your events and then a year later you have a click because it's like always the same bands and Mm -hmm. the same people just because it's reliable and you can count on them Mm -hmm. but uh so i understand it but it does happen Mm -hmm. like there's definitely like a few circles in various genres of music in pittsburgh where it's like oh it's always the same half dozen bands at these venues and the same half dozen bands at these venues and the same promoters doing the shows they're just like doing the same events over and over again.
1: Yeah. So I, I that's why I love to see, and I've been seeing it more often uh, bills that are multi-genre. I get a real kick out of it. And I think there is a tendency just because it's a human tendency that people want to play with their friends. So if artists become friends with one another, begin making music with collaborating with one another, uh-huh. then yeah, they want to play a show together because then they can all be on stage at once. So I think I could understand how that could maybe be conveyed as clicky. Yeah. I don't, I don't think like, that it is like, I
0: said, like, I don't think it's intentional, no. but it's just, it's a thing that definitely happens and
1: I'm sure it happens in every city. Yeah,
0: totally. It's yeah. That's not a Pittsburgh thing. I think it's just human nature.
1: I've always wondered what the local scene is like in other cities, like, like a New York, like a Brooklyn, um, I've been, I, I kind of get the gist of what it's like in Philly, but like Chicago, like I wonder if it's w- different. I mean, I'm sure it's, I think there's more vast,
0: but I'm sure there's, you know, nuances that are different, but for the most part, you just have a lot of confused 20 somethings trying to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that, that, I think that that's, pretty universal. I'd yeah. imagine. Yeah. You know, there's going to be times where, you know, cities thrive and like, you have like a lot of cool venues and cool stuff mm-hmm. and uh good, like local bands getting good buzz and then it'll fall off. And uh, I don't know. I think Pittsburgh's in a really cool spot right now. It's not hard to get a show, play a show here. It's not, right. there's plenty of cool bands to play with. And I think the other thing too, is like, um, not letting your expectations get the, the best of you. Like yeah. how good should it really be in theory? Hmm. Like, I think like it's real easy to romanticize this idea of like, Oh, you can go to any local show and there's always going to be 200 people there. Right. and It's going to be a party and it's just like, okay, you know, like that's like movie type stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if anything was ever really like that.
1: Right. You're right. I think that applies to many different aspects of life that a lot of things are idealized and that reality doesn't always match up, but, um, yeah, I, but there are, there are, and this is not just me, you know, um, obsessing over what I obsess with on a weekly basis, <laughs> local music. There are so many shows, all local lineups that I've been to. Where I just have these, these moments where I'm just like, I can't believe I get to know these people. Like, You know, I can't believe I get to sit down and talk with them like that story they're talking about on stage. Like I knew that they told me that on my podcast
0: like (laughs) now they're singing about it.
1: And all these people are singing their words back to them on an album that came out, you know, two days ago. It's, it's, it does happen. Some of those pinchy moments do happen and it's, it's really fun to watch. Mm -hmm. Someone said something. I think it was Jordan McLaughlin. He's a country art country singer was on my podcast and he had the most amazing quote. I'm going to paraphrase severely. Um it was something along the lines of, you know, there was we were talking about competition among, you know, local musicians, musicians in general. And he was saying he doesn't really understand it and I love his reasoning. He was like, you know, if somebody gets noticed next to us in Pittsburgh, we should celebrate that because then that means they might look again. They might come back to Pittsburgh, and maybe they'll they'll pick somebody else. Maybe it'll be me next time. It should be. It's it's a win for Pittsburgh and it's a win for the local music community. And I I absolutely love that he said that. I love that people feel that way, and
0: uh, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's one thing that I don't. I've never felt any sort of competition. Nice in the in the music scene. I just feel like anybody that's ever given me those sort of negative vibes, it's always like, even this is it's like, you have something to work out with yourself. This oh, it's has a, nothing it's to a do with problem. Me.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, I almost everyone I talk to no one in no one. That's a performer that I've talked to feels that way. It's like an outside projection. It's people online trying to pit artists against each other and it doesn't work.
0: Sure. It's, it's always, uh, every once in a while there may be some sort of a discussion online regarding the Pittsburgh music scene yeah, and it may get a little heated and there's somebody in the, in the thread that's being like a real shit. And it's like <laughs> that mean girls moment where it's like, does she even go here? It's like, who is this person? It's like, I, it's like, I'm not saying I know Name every three local artists <laughs> that you listen to. Yeah, I don't know everybody in the city, No, but it's, it's impossible. like, if I have no idea who you are. It's like, it's like, you don't, I don't think you play in any bands. I don't think you promote any shows. I don't think you work at any venues, but Name you some- three gray Walker songs. <laughs> you somehow know everything. Like, I know what is this? And it's like, Oh, you find out they, you know, they played in a band a decade ago and now they just, you know, they Why have like the, the these, sa- these same grumpy reservations.
1: Yeah. I think that's just the internet in general. Oh, totally. Everyone knows everything and they have a voice now. So,
0: like us, love that. Here. Yeah,
1: like us. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think as long as um, people keep going, and you know, if that's if pursuing music is something that people want to do, then you know, I hope they keep doing it. And i I think that as long as people keep talking about it and promoting it and going to shows, that's that's you know. Yeah. I think it will continue to get better. And I think that it will continue. Attendance will continue to rise. And, you know, we have media outlets here that I think are really focused on local artists, not just music, you know, fashion designers, all kind visual artists. Um, I think it could always be better. I think there could always be more attention on the arts, but um, I think that it's headed in the right direction
0: here. Yeah. I think, you get a lot of people that will complain about like the city paper or radio and stuff like that like oh, it's not, oh. not 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 not, <laughs> oh, not oh Brian not, we get a
1: lot of complaints like yeah.
0: not like there's not enough me not enough me yeah. and it's like i mean realistically we live in a time where you don't need anybody but yourself to put your shit out there it's very true like it helps but like if you could be as loud as you are right now, complaining about everything, <laughs> just putting positivity about your work out there, it do you a lot better than complaining about, you know, somebody not answering your email or somebody not covering your album or, mm-hmm. you know, this or that mm-hmm. it's you, th- the resources are there. Right. we we're, we all have the same thing. You know what I mean? What, what's, uh, what what's the radio station going to do? You know, maybe, you know, maybe, say promote your show to you know say it on air like hey go check out billy bob's thingy thing this weekend we do Here's try and you know. Yeah, i know they do but you can't do every single show right it would be it would be all breaks
1: yeah amazing wow do you want to co-host tomorrow <laughs>
0: yeah yeah
1: no it's uh yeah it's Thank you for acknowledging that we cannot possibly highlight all things at all times. We certainly try.
0: Well, I think one thing that helped me like understand that would be this show because Mm. there are a lot of people that want to come on the show Mm -hmm. and I only have so much time. Mm -hmm. You know, I have one guest, two guests come on a week.
1: Yeah, You know, that's a lot that's for right now. That's, that's
0: insane. But even when I was doing one episode a week, okay, there are how many weeks in a year? Like under 60? It's like between 50 and 60 weeks in a year, 52. I think.
1: 52. Fifty-two.
0: Yeah. And then I have a list with over a hundred people that want to be on the show.
1: Nice. I can't cool. get to,
0: I can't get to everybody.
1: Yeah. No, I know um, that I, I have a no and turn like, away. And then, so
0: then I start feeling bad and it's like, well, then you start understanding. Okay, well, there are. You know, if I'm emailing a radio station, I know goddamn well I'm not the only person. I'm probably one of a few dozen in any given day that's emailing a radio station. And they, there's only so much they can do. There's only so much time. You know, if you put the radio station's schedule on a pie chart and like there, you got I gotta, we have to do so much of this programming, so much of this programming, so much of that.
1: Well, I, um, that's why I love. Stacy on the X passed the torch to me and I think March or February, I host edge of the X every Sunday night. Um, and it's a lot of newer alternative music and we play 16 local bands every Sunday night, which is 16 pretty kick-ass for a commercial radio station. Yeah, that's a lot. I'm really, really proud of it. And
0: I, mean, I like almost two hours. I that? didn't create it. How long it? is
1: that? Um, edge of the X is a four hour show, okay. but, um, yeah, we play two local bands, uh, t- See four, yeah, four local bands an hour.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. That's crazy.
1: Thank you. Yeah, no, it's amazing and it's so much fun and it's perfect. It's a perfect place because there's so many shows on Sunday nights. Perfect thing to be like, hey, you know, um, X band such and such is playing a show tonight at Howler's. Five bucks at the door. Like, check them out on Instagram. I love plugging the Instagram accounts. Seems to be the most um, used platform now Mm -hmm. for people to check out, you know, different, if you're not going to head to the streaming sites, you're probably going to go to their Instagram page. It's what I've discovered. Um, It seems like follower, uh, the ratio is higher on Instagram for, for musicians than Twitter. So I usually plug the gram and um, yeah, it's awesome. Um, It's yeah. 16 local bands every Sunday night. And then we also do, you know, you know, local listen every night, um, and then we have hometown for the holidays kicking up in December. Ten local bands get in uh, regular rotation airplay for a month, which is so much fun. Yeah, and uh, I love when people tweeted us and being like, uh, you know, I had no idea who Arcane Haven was, and now that's my the band I listen to when I work out. Like that's that's the coolest shit of all time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Shout outs to those turds.
1: It's <laughs> <To> Arcane Haven. <laughs> yeah. Shout
0: outs to them. I always like to say they wouldn't be a band if it wasn't for me.
1: Oh really? Yeah. Is that a story? It's a story. What's the story? morning glory.
0: The, the basically like it was like way, way, way back in the day. Like, like I helped them get like their original singer and then like I helped them find Arnie and, uh, it was just like a stupid joke where like, like Brad like didn't know anybody back in the day. Okay. And like, I just helped him find a couple of people and start the band. The I was never in the band. I just like knew people and just networked.
1: That's, that's ne- amazing on your part though. Good. On I'm you. like,
0: I'm like the, uh, the not shitty boy band producer. What was <laughs> what was that guy's name? It did Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, uh, Lou, whatever.
1: Uh, I don't remember his name. Yeah,
0: I, I watched a really sad documentary on that guy. What a nightmare, oh. but, um, yeah, something. But anyways, the, 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 <laughs> the, 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 the gentleman, if you want to call him a gentleman, the sir, the person who put Backstreet Boys and NSYNC together. I was like that for Arcane Haven.
1: That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, radio is a, is a totally different totally different beast than the music industry. It's a separate industry. It can be just as volatile and just as cutthroat, but very different.
0: I think that's any sort of environment where you have a whole lot of people like there's only so much opportunity in radio or in mm-hmm. music and way more people that want to do it or think they want to do it mm-hmm. that are, you know, trying to get in the doors so. yeah
1: no i i'm very fortunate to have that sort of a platform seven days a week um and i understand that it's a, an unstable industry and so it could all be gone tomorrow but you know i get to talk to my hometown about whatever within reason i want for five hours a day, every single day. That's nuts. That's nuts. Is there
0: anything that you don't get to talk about? I don't talk politics. That you would like to talk about?
1: I don't talk politics.
0: You would like to talk politics? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Oh, yeah. I won't, because I probably, I can't. But, um, yeah, I have I have a lot of opinions that I, okay. that I don't share on the air. I, okay. I shouldn't.
0: Do you want to get political here, or no. should we just talk about corn dogs? <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> no, I I might get myself into trouble if yeah. I talk if I talk politics. Yeah, fair um, enough. Yeah yeah uh there's strong opinions i will tell you that yeah but. we're we're
0: living in interesting times you gotta like be careful about like what shoes you're wearing or like, everything is like a, a representation of uh yourself politically nowadays i don't what beer I, you're drinking it's crazy
1: i really don't want to get into it yeah it's, we, we don't we don't yeah but I'm, um
0: i'm i'm not an incredibly political person anyways i mean like i you know i pay attention to things i'm not like Ignorant, but it's just like I, I I can't hold any sort of a knowledgeable conversation. Understood. Which is probably a big part of the problem: the fact that a lot of people can't. Nobody knows what's going on.
1: Oh, you're getting me going. See, sorry. I can't do i'm this. Sorry, I'm sorry, no, it's okay. <laughs> no, there's really not a whole lot I don't talk about. Like, I really, um, it's amazing what people will want to listen to. Like, there are so many um, instances where I'll say something that I think is dumb about my day, and I just do it to like fill a break filler breaks more terminology yeah. if you want to write it down and um i'll just it'll be a passing thought and i'll be like oh that was kind of dumb but it, it is what it is it's already happening and we're into luke bryan so we're done and somebody will tweet at me or see me to show and be like that was so funny like you know well i think haha and i'm like really that's okay
0: i think that you're tapping into maybe another part of the problem with local music Um, A lot of local bands, bless their souls, don't have personalities. Oh, And (laughs) and I think that that helps a lot. I think, you know, we're talking about Instagram, how people like to follow people on Instagram because it's like the band's personality. And people want to feel like they're like your friend. They don't want to feel like they're a fan. They do. So if you get people to come out to a local show and if you can't be personable and you can't mm-hmm. like connect with people, like if I see people at a show, like they come up to the merch table, I like thank them, I ask them what's going on, cool. like, you know, like just try to talk with people and mm-hmm. get them not, and it's not even because I'm like, like, I don't, it's like, I don't care if they buy anything. It's just like, I genuinely want to know, like, cool. Like, why are you here? It's great mm-hmm. that you're here. Mm-hmm. Do you go to a lot of local shows? Like, where are you from? Blah, yeah. blah, blah. The whole thing. Yeah. The whole thing. The whole And thing. I think people like that. They want to feel like they're a part of something. They do. So getting people to feel like they're a part of your event and not just at the event is huge. fair point. So yeah. I know a lot of bands that will, not a lot, enough, more than enough that will, you know, they show up late. Leave early. Mm. They don't have any merchandise. They suck at talking. They're good. Mm -hmm. But it's like, why are you here if you're not going to like make a presence and try to like, I don't want to say like market yourself a bit, but still like set up some merch, have some stickers, talk to some people, promote yourself, get people to come out to the next show.
1: Well, that's a seasoned reaction. So you're, you're right. I am old. Thanks. No, not old seasoned. (laughs) And you're right. Yeah, you're right.
0: So I think that helps. Mm hmm.
1: Yeah, it um, it's the same with radio. Per- I mean, radio personalities. One thing that I really had to uh, learn was that I am now a brand, which is so bizarre. Mm, um, yeah, it. I was not. That's my favorite word. Yeah, my brand. I was not accustomed to self promotion. Still getting used to it. Um, and people at the station, you know, they'll tell us like, I know you don't want to talk about yourself all the time, but people, there are people that do want to know what's going on with your life. They want to know where you're going at night. They want to know what beers you like to drink. They want to see your Instagram stories. Oh, yeah. And sometimes I feel like I'm spamming my followers, like old friends from school. Like, I'm sorry. I know you don't give a shit, but like, I have to do this for work. And <laughs> I, I, yeah, but it's surprising because I think that, there, that he, there's some truth to it that People do, even though I might think they don't care. People do care what we're doing, and it's cool that they want to be involved in our lives and they want to feel like they're our friends. I'm um, still getting used to that um, that concept. Um, I'm an introvert by nature, so I'm what? still I'm still getting used to it. But I, um, you know, listeners that have developed a rapport with me and will look for me at events. I mean, that really means a lot to me, and. Um, I just I try to build on those relationships cuz they're they're real.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that it all comes back around to human connection. And yes. you know, that's kind of what what makes the world go around for me. You know, it's like agree. why did I start Okay, I, mean, I started making art and doing music and stuff just cuz like I was a, a weird kid, and I didn't have any friends. But that's I started. A, that's a cool kid. That's st- a cool kid I thing started. Now. I started sharing it though because I wanted to make friends. Yeah. It's like, why am I drawing Mortal Kombat characters in the middle of class? Because I want somebody else to see it, and I hope that they know what Mortal Kombat is, so I can make friends with somebody else that makes Mortal Kombat. Sure. It's like I don't know how to talk to kids, but I can draw stuff and hope somebody sees it, or I can make a, I can put out a song and hope somebody hears it, and yeah. then I can connect with them that way.
1: That's awesome. That's a nice story. Did you really
0: do that? That's facts. Yeah. Yeah. I have a Mortal Kombat tattoo on my arm and I I have this tattoo not because I'm a big fan of the video game, Mm -hmm. but because Mortal Kombat, I started drawing because I wanted to draw Mortal Kombat characters. Okay. And I started drawing characters. and I started making up my own video game. I like drew what my website would look like. Cool. And then through drawing uh, through middle school, I started doing graffiti and I started meeting hip hop kids. And then I got into making beats through that. That's and I started sweet. making music and art. Like it basically, it all spans to Mortal Kombat. So the yeah. tattoos are representation of like, it's rooted. In it Mortal all started Kombat. there with this stupid dragon.
1: No, that's awesome. And you're one thousand percent right it is it all comes back to human connection um and i definitely think that that's important in an industry such as the music industry entertainment industry it's about the it really is about the people and um sometimes you have to learn that the hard way but um if you can look past the fact that it's an it's a business and that it is an industry um i think focusing on the fact that it is about the people will keep you uh focused on the point um, and focused on the reason why a lot of people get into that industry is to share their work with the world, with the people, their community around them. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, even projects like this, podcasts talking about local art, it's about the artist. It's about your subject, the people that are making that art and sharing that with other people. And I think as long as that is the concentrated focus, then that's, you know, your heart's in the right place. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. With the future of Seen Unheard, actually not the future, we'll say just now, currently where you are. Yeah. Is there anything that, Sticks out in terms of what you've learned about the local music scene that maybe you weren't aware of or you just didn't realize prior because you mentioned that you didn't know a whole lot of people that were doing local music Mm -hmm. when you started it. So now you've talked with a whole bunch of people over the past year and a half that Mm -hmm. you said you've been doing the show. What are some common threads that you've seen because you're talking to people across all different genres and it happens with me too. Um, I realized that like everybody has the same problems. It's so interesting, regardless of genre. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but what are some of the things that maybe you have noticed or learned about the local scene through the, the podcast?
1: They are busting their asses off, start to finish. And they're not lying when they say that they're working really hard. When you see them talking online, about the, the fact that they're talking, they're working really hard, I mean, it's evident in the products that they release. I mean, it's really well-produced albums out right now. Some incredible vocals as well. Shows with amazing production, backup dancers. It's badass, it's awesome. And they're always, I mean, you have full-time jobs. You have volunteer work that you do. And then they're rehearsing all the time, marketing themselves performing making sure that the performance is top that the vocals are top everything is as it should be all the time every single day and sometimes you know they sell it out sometimes they really don't and then they keep going and then they keep going and they uh you know you have the most positive person like Mars Jackson have positivity baskets at his shows where people can write down positive messages and put them in a basket on the edge of the stage. Oh my god, that's amazing. And then he comes out with merch that says just be better tomorrow. You can't like, you can't make that up. That's amazing. He exists. It's cool as shit. And then <laughs> and then he gets to sit in my studio and talk to me about it and I'm just like there's people like Mars everywhere doing this really Awesome stuff, spreading really good messages, making really good music all the time, all over Pittsburgh. And it's just like the thread is that I'm just like consistently amazed by people that I'd never heard of before this project that have been doing this for a really long time. And I'm somewhat embarrassed that I'd never heard of them until the last couple of years when I got involved with the radio station. It really wasn't until then that I knew just because of who we were bringing in. And then I started to like, open my eyes a little bit more and be like, Oh, that person's tweeting about this show. So I should follow that.
0: Going, going back to that, Mm -hmm. your experience pre radio station. Yeah. Um, I imagine you're somebody that listened to music. Yes. What was your experience with the local music scene? What experience? So what was that about? Was it just a matter? Did you, were you aware that it existed and you like avoided it or is it just a thing which just wasn't even on your radar at all? It wasn't
1: on my radar. I didn't even, I had no idea and I'm really open about that. And that's, I talked about that a lot in the first couple episodes and you know, I moved away for school, came back. um, And then luckily for so many reasons, I worked at the radio station and then I'm seeing, you know, bands like the common heart recluse, Paul Luke And, um, then I'm going to shows and the podcast started, uh, actually I I went to Paul Luke's bad release album release, bad seed album release rather. Um, it was a great release, not a bad release. And, uh, I took some of my friends at that point, my friends that didn't work at the radio station, none of them knew anything about local music really. Um, just like me. And I decided to bring some friends to the release show with me. I was like, you know what? I want you to see what I do when I'm not with you guys. Like I go to a lot of shows now and I really want you to come with me. Um, the shows that I used to go to, you know, all like the, the mainstream, you know, big production shows. I go to a lot of local shows. I really want you to come with me. This, this dude's really good. Uh, and so it was a Mr. Smalls and I brought my friends with me. They just were mesmerized the whole time. And then they went home and downloaded the whole record and then, it was like a few weeks later we were just hanging out and my one friend just out of nowhere was like, oh, it's a Paul Lou kind of night. And I was like,
0: yeah! <laughs> "Yes,
1: <laughs> and uh, I was like, what if I could do this for like a lot of people? You know, I'm realistic, not like a shit ton, but what if I could introduce people to local music that don't typically listen to local music and thus St. unheard was born and, um, because there are so many genres, I really wanted to keep it all genre inclusive, a no turn away policy. I do actively seek out artists that I really want to talk to. Um, but if somebody tells me they want to come on, they're getting booked.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I have been pretty much the same way for a while, but mm. now I'm starting to get a little bit pickier about people yeah, that come on the show. Right on. Um, it's just, it's basically, it really just boils down to now with the space and everything. It's like every episode has a dollar amount that it costs me to produce. Sure. So it like really stinks because there's been times where people have hit me up. I have no idea who they are. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, well, we're going to do this and I'm going to hope for the best. And it's been great. Mm -hmm. And there have been episodes with people that I've, you know, I go out of my way. I really want them on the show. I Mm -hmm. think it's going to be awesome and it is trash. Mm. So there's really no way to. No,
1: no, you don't know until you know. Yeah,
0: you just kind of have to go with your gut feeling.
1: Sometimes I I forget. So I used to go out to shows because in my head I was like, nobody wants to come on this podcast. Like I'm going to have to like convince them. Um, People want to talk about themselves. So I was, that was... (laughs) An ill-informed opinion. But I think it was more of an insecurity than anything else. But I, for the first season, I would go out to shows with like a little Zoom mic. Yeah. And it was a terrible quality. And, you know, like Starship Mantis is like super loud in the background. And I'm like, yeah, so when did you, how did you meet? And like, uh-huh. that's the podcast for the first season, really. So it's my apologies to everybody on the first season. You're all really great. I'm sorry. But then I realized like I have an entire building full of studios with really expensive equipment just at my fingertips. Like they're, they're going to come into me and it might be just cooler for them to be on like a well, you know, a better produced uh, podcast. So, uh, from now, you know, season two on, um, people come into the, iHeart building where I work, Mm -hmm. um, in the DVE building and we record seen unheard. And I, I think I, I lose sight of the fact that, um, some people have never been in that building before. Oh yeah, and I forget how
0: they're like starstruck, kind of right. Oh like, well, I forget oh, that yeah. that's
1: that it's like a pretty sweet building, and it's just iHeart logos everywhere. You got like the award shows like on loop, all these like flat screen TVs and
0: framed pictures of Taylor Swift.
1: That's a thing. You, yeah. Yes, literally. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> Steven Tyler do. Uh huh. And um, Adele. <laughs> we don't have I don't think we have Adele.
0: I'm just I'm just I'm yeah, pulling, no. pulling shit on my ass. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh yeah, I I forget that I that it, I think it's cool for people to come in and um to be a part of that experience. And I, I love having them. Um yeah, I think that was the right move. Um The other
0: yeah, I think that and the other thing too is like you have people in that space and maybe they've never done anything like that what they're about to for do. sure it ha- I, it happens here sometimes i forget um people have never been in a situation like this before they've never been done any sort of a podcast before at right. all and they come in here and it's like it's probably kind of intimidating because there's like yes the camera and the lights and there's all this stuff on the wall that makes it look a little bit more professional right and well, it's uh, great
1: in here by the way thanks yeah
0: appreciate it and uh I sometimes i have to like take a step back and i oh okay they've never done this before so you need to like guide the conversation in a way that is comfortable yes. and uh, accommodating to somebody that's probably really having like an existential crisis in their head in the moment.
1: Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I, and I really appreciate the way you've conducted this. And I mean, this is, I feel super comfortable and I, um, yeah, no, I, it's a very organic conversation, which is, I think what you hope for at a podcast and you don't want it to feel like an interview you want it to yeah. be just like you're, you're just talking. Like I just, to I do, person. I do
0: zero research,
1: zero research. Zero. I can't do zero research, but
0: it's like, am I might, it'll be like, okay, do they have an album that just came out? Like I'll write down the name of the album. If they have a show, like the release show, like yeah. any of that, those details, like I'll write that stuff down. But like, yeah. other than that, it's just like, we're going to talk about whatever it is you do.
1: For sure. I'll do bullet points. Like I definitely want to know how many albums they have. I listen to their discography um if i'm not already familiar and like i can't be familiar with everything yeah everyone's done so i listen to their discography i do and um i want to look up what shows they might want to like front sell like what they want to promote front sell
0: um, now keep up the terminology i like it it's awesome
1: promote. um uh their social media accounts always want to plug that where they can find their music but i mean aside from like If there's something that I saw like Jordan Snowden wrote about in City Paper that was really interesting and like obviously we'll credit her or whoever wrote about it. Like if it's the current Scott Mervis, whoever, I'll like cite those and be like, you know, can you elaborate or can you talk about that here? Um, But more often than not, I really just want it to go wherever it goes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm sure you feel the same way. I'm so fortunate that people trust me with what they talk about. Sometimes they share some really personal things. And I just, I really treasure that about that sort of a platform because it's totally different than an on air interview. Like, that's very punchy and it's short and it's quick and it's all business. Yeah. Show,
0: but you know, record, yeah. you know. And like, you can be sitting here talking like, for, we're, we're almost an hour, a little over an hour, and it still feels like we could keep going. Like, we I haven't, know. We, I know. We haven't, we haven't, <laughs> like, we've barely scratched the surface. There's so much stuff we can get into. I know. And then, you know. You give people in the democratic debates 12 seconds to talk. How are they supposed to get that all figured out? I did that intentionally to fire you up, by the way. I'm sitting Anyways. here like, <laughs> I can't.
1: No, I, I have a hard, I, I'm, I'm usually, you know, watching the clock. Um, and it's, I, yeah, if it's a good conversation, I'm just like, well, it's going to be a long episode. Whatever. People are going to listen or they're not, but we're going to keep talking because... I'm not going to cut somebody off from their own story. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I like to keep them at like a 45 minute estimate. Yeah. Um, It's just like, you know, what you're taught is like a good,
0: that's my goal. 45 is always the goal. It's not ne- I, 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 a sweet spot. Oh, it never happens. It's always over. No,
1: it's either like, you know, 29 or like 64. Like, yeah, yeah, it, it's different. Some people are more comfortable in front of a microphone uh, than others in terms of talking about themselves. But, um, yeah,. Do
0: you ever, OK, so we'll, we'll uh, we should probably wrap up shortly, but I want to sure. get into podcasting pet peeves <laughs> just because I thought of something real quick. Okay? I don't really have many, but one thing that really bugs me. And this has only happened a couple times. And if you're one of these people and you're watching, I don't hate you. It's okay. It just <laughs> bugs me. So I feel like as a guest on a show, yeah. you maybe have some sort of a, like. okay, as a host, uh-huh. I have a responsibility to let you, the guest, talk. Yeah. But at the same time, as a guest, you have to know when enough's <laughs> enough Like you have somebody that'll give you like a 15 minute answer to like an introductory question. It's like, whoa, okay. Like if the whole thing's going to be like this, I'm doomed. And like, Uh. but like people were so excited to talk and it's awesome. But sometimes people were just really, really, really excited to talk. Just like, it's like, fuck, we're not even having a conversation at this point. It's just like, (laughs) I might as well just put the camera on you and just,
1: you know what? I prefer that than the one word answers. Fair enough. Much better. You can edit that down. You know what I mean? And you can tell them like, I'm going to have to cut some of this for time. And they're always cool with it. Yeah. They don't care. Um, They might care, but I mean, they're cool with it. Um, I understand yeah, though.
0: I, I've had a few, <laughs> I've had a few one word things. Yeah. And it, it's always like when it's a blind date podcast, basically like a friend of a friend is like, Oh, like I have this, I know somebody and they do this cool thing. You should get them on the show. And I'm like, oh, okay, like do you have a contact form? Like I'll set it up. Okay, cool. So like you like rely on a friend to like kind of hook you up with somebody that you barely know. And then you get together and it's like this weird thing where it's like, they have no idea what this is. Mm-hmm. And that's, ugh. that's another, my second pet peeve podcasting. Yeah, pet peeve. I've I'm grumpy. My second podcasting <laughs> pet peeve are people that hit me up to come on the show that show up here and they've obviously never they have no idea what the show is they just want to be on the show to promote their thing but that's they don't. gross and it's like it's like like people show up and they're like oh it's video too it's like how do you not know that or like people show up with like instruments like oh okay we're gonna play right like no do you not uh, you have no idea what this show is but that's you're a shame it's like you go out of your way to bother me to be on the show but you have no idea what it actually is <laughs> mm, yeah it's like I respect your hustle mm-hmm. but also at the same time like you know don't go to Olive Garden expecting General sews.
1: <laughs> I can't. I don't know if I have a a pet peeve. I think that the. I I think. Um, maybe I'm too generous. I I think that the the only thing that's it's difficult um, is when I throw to someone and it's a short answer. But that could be because of nerves you know, um, discomfort, maybe they're having a bad day. So like, yeah, it's okay. Like all it's, it's my job to carry it anyway. So if it's a short answer, then I got to work with it and I have to be as prepared, um, you know, or as ready to go with as little or as much as they'll give me. So it really does fall on the host. Like yeah. if it's a, if it's a bad episode, it's, it's our fault. Totally. You know?
0: Yeah. I think that you have to, you have to be patient and mm-hmm. understanding and just, yeah. uh, Will it ready to like go into whatever? I have my like default set of topics that I will uh, I'll dive into if I feel like we're hitting like a, yeah. a dead end. I'm uh-huh. like, oh, I could steer the conversation. Just yeah. the, let's throw this in there. You
1: can always throw a curveball, just like breakfast today. Tell me, and then it's just like a totally different. And then maybe they just like love talking about stuff that has nothing to do with their art. And then you're rolling, and then mm-hmm. it's like a 45 minute episode. Yeah what's your favorite thing about podcasting
0: connecting with people yeah honestly it gives me a reason to be able to hang out with people sit down and get to know them a little better Mm. even though it's not the most organic situation we have headphones microphones cameras lights i mean like there's a camera here (laughs) what other opportunity would the two of us have to do this it probably just wouldn't happen with our lifestyles it's like it's like it's like you almost have to like uh schedule hanging out with people and it's like yeah. and if it wasn't for this i wouldn't be able to like chat with people like this mm-hmm. i learn a lot it, it's a i've become a much more patient and understanding person as a result of doing this um it helps me you know stay focused tasks and things that i have to do mm-hmm. and i just get to meet a lot of cool people yeah that's right awesome. like it's the best i mean that's like i meet people playing shows but like I mean, you mentioned like recluse, like they were on the show a couple years ago and I never would have met those dudes if it wouldn't have been for them coming mm. on the show. Like they're cool guys, but like my paths would never cross with them with the bands that I play in. Yeah. So it's Yeah, cool.
1: that's badass. That's cool. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Are we good? I think we're
0: pretty good. We're good. Okay. We're good. All right. I'm yeah. trying to be respectful because no. like, I totally you have it. any other questions.
1: When did you, so 2014. Yeah,
0: 2014.
1: Why? not why 2014 but like why did you start start the beat
0: so i was actually on a friend's podcast of course um well okay so there was two different things so i had been living with a couple friends And they were super in the podcast. So we played in a band together and stuff. And they had wanted to start a podcast. So we tried a couple times to start different podcasts Mm -hmm. where like we recorded like one or two episodes and like they kind of got released, but not really. Mm -hmm. Like it just didn't pick up. Mm -hmm. So but I liked the concept of like sitting down and talking with people. And they were using all of my stuff because I had all the recording stuff anyways. So like I had the gear to do it, but I didn't listen to podcasts and I just didn't it was like, it just didn't click with me. Yeah. Then I was on a podcast with somebody who was doing a podcast that they actually released. Mm-hmm. So I listened to it and I was like, wow, I suck at talking to people. <laughs> like I'm really poor at talking to people Okay. and just poor at talking like with myself. And then like right around the same time that, uh, Marin's dumb show was on netflix which was rad i liked it a lot and that's mm-hmm. all about him and he has his little podcast thing so it was like okay i was on a i was like okay so he has this he has a show about him having a podcast and it's funny mm-hmm. i was just on a podcast and i suck i've done podcasts before and this is fun but i bet i could start a podcast and just talk to some of my friends about like local music and mm-hmm. like why they do what they do yeah. and blah 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 so that was it so then i recorded like six episodes and Kind of had an idea of what I was gonna do. Didn't quite know. Mm-hmm. Didn't have a name. Yep, that whole thing. Love that. And then it it came together. And yeah. then I just didn't stop doing it.
1: That's the that's the key is that you have to keep going. It's like the repetition is so important. People are gonna forget otherwise. Uh, but if they see that, oh, this is a regular thing. You know, I think that's really what's the most important part. The like consistency and yeah. podcasting is the most important thing.
0: So yeah, now it's just like a the only reason i have stuck with it. I think it's just because it's it's my small thing that I can do to give back to the community in a way that's better than like, oh, like I threw a show and I put one band on it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? because I can only throw one show once every other month. That's mm-hmm. not really helping the scene, but I could mm-hmm. do this twice a week. I like and that. that's a lot more productive and I think this is like good content for people that are up and coming to have to share. It's a good exercise. Like mm-hmm. if you're going to be getting uh, successful with your band, you're probably going to be doing a lot of radio interviews. So you don't want your first radio interview ever to be on some big station and you don't know how to talk yet. Like I mm. think that it's a good exercise for people. It's very true. It's just, I never
1: thought of it that way. Very true.
0: It's good to give people this opportunity. And I think that um, if they, you know, take advantage of it and use it as a way to like tell their story and share it with their people and help it help promote their stuff. I think mm-hmm. it's a really cool tool to have. Yeah. So
1: for sure. And the, I mean the light merch you have is amazing. I'm really into the stickers. I think I'm going to take I have some t-shirts over there too. You have t-shirts. Yeah. Hmm. I've noticed that now I just, <laughs> I only like, I don't know where all of my, t-shirts went like to work out in (laughs) radio Uh t-shirts band t-shirts it ends there like I don't know where like I I go to work out and I'm like I have I have nothing I have nothing like I'm not gonna work out in a band t-shirt I'm not gonna work out in a station t-shirt because I don't want (laughs) you know one oh five nine the x plastered across my t-shirt like it's just i don't know where they went but i've heard this is a common problem so now i'm like officially you know initiated into radio um so like happy to be here but at the same time like where'd all my shirts go i don't know (laughs) i don't i really don't know (laughs) could not tell you
0: well before we pull the plug on this yeah because i just noticed we have five percent battery on the camera which is tight uh where can people find you on the internet oh. and elsewhere?
1: Yeah. So you can listen to me every day on uh big one oh four point seven FM, 10 to three uh, every single day. I'm on one Oh five, nine the X uh, Saturdays and Sundays every Sunday, seven to 11 edge of the X. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram at yo KDO. Um, I, th- I think that's it. Oh, and the scene on her podcast. Can I plug that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, this is a competition. Sorry. No, of course. Uh, Plug away.
1: Yeah, it's on uh, iHeartRadio, uh, Apple Music, and Google Play. So
0: tight, yeah. and that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. One more time, KDO. Thank you for being here. Thank be you. sure to take some buttons, take some stickers. Uh, yeah. If you uh, if you want a shirt, I'll get you a shirt. I'll be back again. In a couple days, same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2019. Woo, woo! Thanks for listening, and we'll just uh, this out. And that's it. That's it, my friend. We awesome. Thank did. you. Thank you. That was seriously. It? it was great.
1: Good. Yeah. Cool.